Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 2,365. This week we've been celebrating the Quail, a motorsports gathering. It takes place Friday, August 18th at the Quail Lodge and Golf Course in Carmel, California. I hope to see you there. Be prepared to be inspired because today, <laughs> today, we're going high performance. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah! Today I'm in Sealy, Texas, with a very special guest by the name of John Hennessy. Yeah, that Hennessy. John, welcome to Cars Yeah! Do you have any gear, and are you ready to release the clutch? Let's, uh, let's go ahead and dump that clutch. All right, we'll do that. Now, before I introduce you and we get into this incredibly high-performance world you've created around yourself, I always ask my guests this. What's one little thing that maybe people don't know about you? Oh, man, that's a loaded question. <laughs> yes. um, Nothing that'll get you in trouble, though. Let's see. Uh, way back when when I was uh, a bit of a college dropout, I quasi made a living playing pool for about three or four years. And I, I say quasi, I could feed myself, I could pay my rent. And I could pay my car payment, but that was about it. So I, I would never say I was a, a professional because I never really made a living at doing that. But uh, I was good enough to to feed myself for a short period of time in my life. So wow. that's uh, <laughs> my, a product of a misspent youth. Yeah. Well, that's impressive, though. That's uh, I, I don't know too many people yeah. that could actually say that. Uh, at least cover the basic bills. That's pretty. That's pretty cool. But you know what? Those of us in the automotive world are glad you made a little bit of a switch here. Actually, a huge switch. Yeah. And went into what my you're wife doing. And kids are, my wife and kids are glad, too. Yeah, no kidding. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Well, that's hilarious. Well, that's why I like to ask that question. You never know what you're going to find sure. out. So, yeah. You never know. Well, right. let me give you an introduction. We're going to dive into your world. John Hennessy, founder and CEO of Hennessy Special Vehicles, Hennessy Performance, Tuner School, and Lone Star Motorsports Park has been making fast cars faster for more than 32 years since he put the pool cues up on the wall. Yeah, right. Hennessy is well known for building powerful cars and trucks that deliver astonishing horsepower and neck snapping acceleration. Constantly pushing the performance envelope, John's most recent debut is the three million dollar venom f5 the world's most powerful pure combustion hypercar with 1817 horsepower and an engineered top speed in excess of 300 miles per hour oh my gosh we're gonna a lot more about that and all the different things you make but first a word from our sponsors so they keep the uh, fuel in the tanks here so please give them a little love sit tight buckle up we're going to take a fast ride with john hennessy and we'll be right back okay Years ago, when it was time to renew my collector car insurance policy, my carrier's rates went up, way up. But my usage was the same, and I never made a claim. I didn't even have a ticket. So what's with that? So I turned to American Collectors Insurance. Has your collector car insurance recently raised your rates for no good reason? Tired of paying an annual membership fee? Then it's time to look around and call American Collectors Insurance. I shopped around, I asked friends for recommendations, and found a winner 
that I can trust. And boy, I'm glad I did. I saved hundreds of dollars every year and slept better at night knowing my baby was properly insured. American Collectors Insurance have been protecting vehicles since 1976. They provided me with an agreed value insurance policy backed by their history of taking great care of their clients. What could be better than that? So give them a call and ask for a quote today. 866-ACI-YEAH. That's 866-224-9324. And protect the ones you love like I did with American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. For several years now, you've heard me talk about Linkage Magazine. I've been a subscriber since the start. Their talented and creative team brings you a spectacular publication and website that shares the automotive passion from a worldwide perspective. Linkage is about driving, restoring, collecting, and firsthand experience at collector car auctions and more. They bring you real-world values plus rational, experienced opinions on the current markets. They cover the automotive world and the people who share our passions. And Linkage Magazine has grown, mailing you six issues annually. Join me on this journey with Linkage. They're geared for the automotive life. You can subscribe at LinkageMag.com. So, John, we are back. So I want to go all the way back to the beginning, though, maybe a little bit past the pool hall days of how you started what you're doing. And then we're going to take a deeper dive into the wide variety of vehicles that you produce. And we're also going to talk a bit about your guys' displays that are going to be happening during Car Week. And specifically, since we're devoting this week to the quail, something maybe special. Maybe I can get a little scoop here. But let's go back in time first and talk a little bit about how did this all start? Yeah, sure. That's a great question. Um, I think the seed for performance and cars and all things that go fast was probably planted when my mom was pregnant with me and she's running my dad's 1964 Pontiac GTO with a 389 six barrel carburetor with the four speed Muncie transmission. And so I just remember just growing up being interested in cars and loving cars. And I think that just kind of started with, with my old man who was a car guy. So <laughs> that's where it all started, you know, 60 years ago. And so fast forward to when I was, oh gosh, in my 12, 13 year old uh, age, started driving well below the, <laughs> well below the legal limit, but I had, I had a real nice aunt that would let me borrow her car. And I nice. would just go, go off, just take it through, go driving through Kansas city, going to, going to get fast food or whatever for her. And, and then when I was 15, I had a couple motorcycles, bought them with my own money. I had a motorcycle wreck, got a hole in my right knee. My knee's good now, but back then I spent about a week in the hospital during high school. Oh, no. And I had a, a, na- a neighbor across the street who owned uh, a 1969 old 442 convertible that actually my dad, my dad, my dad actually bought it and was going to give it to me, but then I think maybe maybe he got a little tight of money or something and sold it to the neighbor across the street. Anyway, so I had this car that I really liked, and I had, these, uh, I had this one wrecked motorcycle. Well, the guy across the street worked at the Ford plant in, Can- in near Kansas City, and he was helping me rebuild my motorcycle. I said, hey, what if I, what if I traded you the two motorcycles that I had plus the money for buying that 69 Olds 442? So I, I, we made a deal, we made our trade, and I bought this car. And as soon as I got it, I immediately popped the hood. I opened up the uh, air intake, and I flipped the the lid upside down to a little bit more, little little bit more air into the air filter, <laughs> yep. into the carburetor. And that, so that was so that's that's the time that I can think of when I first 
the first car that I modified and I was just maybe barely six. And so street race that thing all over the place and modified it, had a lot of fun with it, but just kind of fast forward into my, through college and into my twenties, I just always had a thing for, for cars and modifying them. And then in 1991, I had a, I had a small construction business that did environmental cleanup work. So we took asbestos out of, out of schools and commercial buildings back in the late eighties and early nineties. And so I made a little bit of money doing that. Wasn't married yet and uh, no kids. And I, sorry, my dog in the background <laughs> and here. no dog. Uh, barking. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I, uh, uh, I read it, read in motor trend magazine about a guy named C van Toon, who later on became the editor at motor trend magazine back in the nineties. Oh yeah. Where he had bought an Eagle Talon and he put a roll cage in it and he went and applied and raced at Pikes peak. And so I read this article and I thought, well, man, I've always wanted to do some racing and I don't figure out if I could really, you know, do anything at Indy or Daytona or something like that. That was beyond my experience or budget. And so what I thought, man, Pikes Peak, back then the, the the road up to the top was all dirt. I thought, well, man, I'd love to race at Pikes Peak. So I was looking for a car to buy and modify. And that was a three back in, the, in 1991. I was looking for kind of a high-tech car that I could modify. Mm-hmm. And back in those days, my dream car was the Porsche 959, mm. which you couldn't buy in the U.S. And even if you could, they were 400 grand back then. Anyway, but I liked the idea that it was all-wheel drive, 450 horsepower, kind of a high-tech car. And so when Mitsubishi came out with the 3000 GT VR4, and I saw that it was four-wheel drive, all-wheel drive, and four-wheel steer, active arrow, and 300 horsepower, I thought, well, maybe I could buy that car. I think they were like 30, 35 grand back then. And maybe I could modify it and turn the power up and race the Pikes Peak and do some other stuff. So I went and did that, bought the car, sort of modifying it. Before I went to Pikes Peak, I'd read about a race in Nevada where they run a section of highway north of Vegas called the Silver State Classic. So they have right. a race in May, which is yeah. the Nevada Open Road Challenge. So I did that first, then I did the Silver State in September. But I showed up to the showed up to the deal, didn't have a roll cage. I'd modified my car to, again, I'm thinking it's maybe 400 horsepower at this point. I'd never done the race, and so I'm talking to the I'm talking to the guys that are the organized, well, you know, some of the experienced drivers, and they're like, you know, if this is your first time out, you might want to enter the 140 or the 145 class. I'm like, you know, I think my car will go a lot faster than that. And I think I can drive it to an average speed faster than that. And I, but I thought, you know what, I'll listen to these guys and just start in that in that slower class and see how it goes. And so a couple of days before the race, they want you to go out to a little road course north of Vegas. And, and it's now where the big speedway is, but they used to have a little road course there and go qualify. I'm like, okay, I've never been on a road course. I've never been on a, I never had a driving, a driving class. I'm like, okay, this is fun. Well, I put two tires wide on a turn, came back on and I ended up hitting the curb on the inside of one of my front wheels and I dented the wheel and, and, and killed the tire. And so, and I drove the car out there. So I had to get a tow truck and we go to the local discount tire they had a they had a replacement tire, but I couldn't. This is Friday afternoon, and the race is Sunday, so I could not get a a replacement wheel until the following week. So I brought a mechanic with me, and he said, "You know, I think if we take a torch and heat up that aluminum wheel, we can take a hammer and just just hammer out the dent in the wheel." Back. Wow! And 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 he and he did. He goes, got a torch. He heats it up. He hammers it out. Yeah, it's pretty much round. So we put the <laughs> tire on there, and and and, and it's holding air. And had to put a few extra uh, uh, weights on there to get it to balance, but it balanced. So we drove from Vegas to Ely and do the little car show and, and driver's meeting. And now Sunday morning, it's time to race. And they let the cars go one at a time. And so I'm in line and I'm, you know, I'm in the 145 class. So there's probably, I don't know, 30 faster cars ahead of me. And the car that's right in front of me is this red Pantera 
looks bad to the bone, sounds bad to the bone. And I'm like, man, that's a really cool car. So Pantera takes off and then maybe 30 seconds later, a minute later, however they, the different intervals they went off of, I got, I got the green flag. And so I'm, I'm accelerating and I'm, I'm shifting up through the gears and I get it up into fifth gear. And all of a sudden I started thinking, I thought, you know, I'm going out here. I'm now I'm going 160, 170 and faster. And I'm doing this on a wheel that I yeah. curbed yeah. that had a big dent in it. And we took a torch and a hammer and we hammered it out. I'm thinking, is that thing going to hold air? Uh, and I started getting real nervous and my right foot started twitching on the gas pedal, sure. like on and off the gas pedal. And, like, and I, I could not control it. And I'm like, well, that sucks. I'm not going to go anywhere if I keep, you know, can't keep my foot on the flat to the floor. So I took my left foot over and mashed on top of my right foot. <laughs> oh my gosh. And I, and, I, and, I not- and I noticed off in the distance of that red Pantera that was just looked bad to the bone fast, it looked like I was gaining on it. <laughs> and so as I'm, I'm not really watching the speedo, I'm probably doing 160, 170, something like that. And, and so I noticed that I'm, I, that I'm catching him and I'm going to pass him. So all of a sudden I went from being nervous to getting my competitive juices flowing. And so I passed him and I thought, okay, wow, that was, that was cool. Maybe I could pass another car. Well, again, I'm in the 145 class. I'm going like 170 to 180, and uh, you know, as fast as the car would go, because it's mostly straight. I end up passing like 20 cars, and I get to the finish line. <laughs> and the guy, the, the the tech guy, looks at my car. He's like, "Hey, where's your roll cage?" I'm like, uh, "What? <laughs> I don't have one." He's like, "Well, you're gonna, you're going to need one next time." He says, "Your average speed for the 90 miles was 164 miles an hour," and I end up getting fourth place overall in the race, and so. Had a lot of fun doing that. Then I went to race at Pikes Peak. I didn't win anything, but it didn't crash. And I, but but when I go do these races, I'm just like I'm thinking, you know, I just drive it. I just load up my tools and my floor jack and my spare wheels and my race suit and my luggage, whatever. I cram all this stuff inside the car, and then I drive there and I drive home. And so people would just kind of laugh, like, oh yeah, there's this Hennessy guy. So then I go to Bonneville and I go to Bonneville. I almost get kicked out of Bonneville because. One of the rules of Bonneville is you're not supposed to drive your own car under its own power in the pit. So I'm like, I didn't bring a tow vehicle. I didn't bring a pusher vehicle. So anyway, um, so <laughs> some guys from Mitsubishi were there. One of the PR guys was there, and he helped tow me around. And so anyway, set a class record at Bonneville. Then I went back to the Silver State race in September. So this is all the summer of 1991. And I go back, and I now I enter. I now I have a roll cage, and I enter the unlimited class. And I average 167, so I do 90 miles in about 33 minutes and change. And I win the unlimited class. I get second place overall. Wow. And um, I'm having a lot of fun. And, but at the same time, I'm engaged. We buy a house. We go on a honeymoon. We, you know, we get married. We go on a honeymoon. And I come back, and I look at my bank balance. And, and now I'm not doing my asbestos abatement business as much because I'm having fun racing and dating, dating my wife and all this stuff. And so... I look at my bank balance and I'm like, man, I started with a much higher bank balance earlier this year. <laughs> yeah. I got if I'm going to keep doing this car, I keep, if I'm going to keep doing this car thing, I got to find a way to get it to monetize itself. So come back from the honeymoon and I told my wife, I said, you know, guys like Carol Shelby, Alois Roof, and Reeves Calloway seem to make pretty decent living modifying, you know, Corvettes and mm-hmm. Mustangs yeah. and Porsches for the people. And I thought, well, maybe I could be the guy to modify the, the 3000 GT and the Dodge Stealth and other cars back in those early nineties timeframe. And she looked at me like, you want to do what? <laughs> and so anyway, so it's basically, it's a hobby that got out of control. And, uh, 
And I learned the first rule of car racing, and that's if you want to make a small fortune yeah. in the car modification in the car racing business. Start with a bigger fortune, right? Uh, and so that was uh, yeah. 1991, and here we are 32 years later. But that's how wow. it got started. Well, there you go. Yeah. Well, as we fast yeah. forward into today, my goodness. I mean, the stuff, some of the things you guys are building, I mean, it's all absolutely spectacular. But I want to touch on just a couple because we don't have enough time to do all sure. of them. But yeah. one of them yeah. I want to touch on is this Venom F5, the Revolution, uh-huh. the Roaster, yeah. the Coupe. I mean, right. this is a diversion, I didn't say a diversion, but the, an offshoot of what you've been doing into an entirely different realm of, dare Absolutely. I call it a supercar, hypercar? I mean, <laughs> it's amazing. It's, 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 it's a hypercar built built from the ground up and was quite the... Uh with quite the undertaking, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, uh, no, yeah. incredible. We introduced, we delivered, we finished our first Venom F5 coupe back in the end of 2020. So kind of when COVID was still going on, and then about a year later, we sold out all 24 of those cars at 2.1 million. And then last year, we introduced the Venom F5 Roadster at uh, at Pebble Beach at Quail, and those are. We're doing 30 of those. Those are now sold out. And we earlier this year, we introduced the Revolution, which is a track-focused road car. So I would say the, the Venom F5 Revolution Coupe is is like our GT3 RS. So it's, mm-hmm. it's track-focused, but it's still road legal. And we have, we're, we'll have we be back at Pebble Beach and Quail uh, in a couple weeks. And we'll have another special edition that are all sold out that we'll be introducing at Quail. And uh, and uh so yeah, it's a very very exciting time. Well, no kidding. Now, I've got to ask. I know Quail's coming up here pretty soon, but is there any little yeah. secrets you can tell me about what you're going to be unveiling at Quail? Little little teaser, maybe. Well, I'll give you a little teaser. Okay. So there's a there's a on our Instagram page. I posted a photo with myself and uh, one of our very special clients from a couple months ago and the car that we may be showing uh, may be the car that I'm in the picture with. Them with. So if you <laughs> Just go to maybe. <laughs> Instagram and have a look around on there, you, you might get, a, you might get a glimpse for the car that we'll be unveiling at Quail, but I can't, I can't see his name. So but okay. he's a pretty famous guy. So yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I'll, uh, yeah. I'll put a link to that for you listeners so you can go check it out. But if All you're right. lucky enough to have a ticket to the Quail, you can be there and see this thing in person. Now, another one is the, what you call the Hennessy supercharged 850 horsepower H850 Ford Mustang dark horse. Tell our yeah. listeners about that beast. Well, you know, we've, we've done a lot with Ford products over the last 10, 15 years, and uh, we've built a lot of trucks, a lot of modified Raptors that we call the Velociraptor. Those have been super popular. But I tell you what, the, it's just kind of, I almost liking what Ford has done with the Mustang. It's similar, similar, I mean, in a different genre and obviously at a different price point, that how how Porsche has been able to take the 911 and then each time they came out with the next iteration, you're thinking, yeah, that last one was pretty good. I don't think they can improve much upon that. And then they right. come out with the Dark Horse. Yep. And again, I mean, the GT350, the 350R, the Mach 1, the last generation of, of Mustangs were all, for the money, hard to beat. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I haven't driven the Dark Horse yet, but uh, we're, we're, you know, we've already got a supercharger package available for it. So we're waiting for the cars to come in from the factory, but we're super stoked about the new Mustang. And I think that modular five liter coyote engine has always lent itself to being modified with a high degree of reliability and drivability. So, you know, again, Ford gives us a great platform from which we can modify. And uh, I think it's going to be super, super popular. So we're really looking forward to that. 
Well, I love your analogy there because when you think of the Mustang, the only other car I can think of that's done what the Mustang's done is the Porsche, the 911. And the fact that yeah. it's 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 kind of pretty much stayed the same. Some people's eyes are rolling now, but same with the Mustang. Now, you can't really say that about the Corvette. Maybe you can, but not until the Z8. Uh, but you guys also play with those things. I mean, if you go to your website, sure. you, it's like you put your fingers on everything. And I wanted to get your perspective of when you look at a vehicle and you decide to modify it for people, what are the criteria that need to stand firm as the basis for the vehicle that you're going to make it become? That's a great question. I think really at the core of it, um, it's got to be something that that's significantly differentiated. And generally in our, in our, in what we do is increase power and performance. So we want to make a, a substantial improvement in power and performance and just overall fun factor for the car. And then the next the, the next box we have to check is reliability. So, you know, look, we can build 2,000-plus horsepower quasi-race cars, but that doesn't come with a warranty. So, you know, last year we modified just under, just under 700 vehicles. This year we'll modify probably upwards of 800 vehicles. And all those vehicles that we build come with a warranty, generally a three or 36,000 mile warranty. So the package, you know, whether it's an H850 supercharged Dark Horse Mustang or a C8 Corvette with our H700 supercharged package, these cars come with a warranty. So it has to have a high degree of reliability and drivability. And also with that, it has to be emissions legal. So these cars all come with a, a California Air Resources Board, a CARB certification. So they're they're completely emissions legal and they run on pump gas. So again, these are cars for everyday folks that are enthusiasts that want to differentiate, have something that's that's more powerful, more fun to drive. And and then really kind of the business aspect of it is, you know, I got to be able to build more than one or two. I just, again, we've, we've done uh, one-off uh, quasi race cars and all kinds of custom vehicles in the past, but you know, now I've got almost 100 employees, so we really, we really are modifying and offering vehicles for sale nowadays. That if we can't build at least 100 in a year, I don't know that it's you know with the R&D time and the investment that we'll make in training our our people, you know, we've got to be able to have some scale to it. So, but it's worked really well for us, especially in the modified trucks. And, and SUVs of the Velociraptors and the T-Rex Mammoths and the Bronco Raptors with our Velociraptor package. Again, that scalability has allowed us to build great products for our clients, be able to offer a full 336 warranty to back it up. And to, to the point to where we even have these vehicles in stock. So people can send us the vehicles that they own and we modify those. But people also go to our website or social media or call us up and we have at any given time 15 to 20 vehicles in stock. So okay. they can get that immediate gratification by calling us up and talking to our sales staff and say, you know, hey, I'm interested in a Velociraptor 600 Raptor truck. What do you got in stock? And, you know, at any given time, we have probably half a dozen of those trucks in different colors. So, you know, again, for people like me, like, you know, if I decide I want to do something, I don't know if sometimes if I want to wait 30 or 60 days, which can which it can take to modify vehicles. So we have stuff in stock, which is, that's been very popular. Well, I was going to ask that. So you answered the question. I'm glad you mentioned Aloy Roof. He was my guest yesterday on Cars Yeah, because yeah. he's going to be having a car yeah. at the Quail as well. Uh, they bring cars out yeah. all the time. I actually interviewed his daughter earlier this year and his wife last year. So I've had the uh-huh. I've had the whole family on. So what you're doing is just is so cool. And it's so much fun. Now, I've got to dive a little deeper into your mind here. And there's a 
a couple of questions that I ask sure. my guests. One of them is, have you had in the development of your business a, a mentor in your life or somebody that's been highly influential? You mentioned some wonderful names. Now, we sadly just lost Reeves Calloway. Yeah. He was a guest several years ago here on the show. Uh, you talked about Aloy sure. Roof. I mean, you talk about people like... Uh, uh, Dickinson doing singer Porsches. I mean, there, there's so many people yeah. that I've had the, the fortune of meeting, but is there somebody that along the way was a great inspiration for you? There've been a number of them. I mean, really, I mean, I was reading about Alois Roof. You know, I would go to the grocery store with my mom when I was probably eight, nine, ten years old. And while she would shop, I would just stand at the car, at the, at the <laughs> magazine rack and yeah. read car magazines. Yeah. And I was reading about Alois back in the seventies. So he was an inspiration. He's a friend still to this day. Reeves, we always got along great, and he was an inspiration early on. Um, but but kind of fast forward to some of the names that I can think of. Peter Brock early on back in the 90s was a, a mentor and, and gave me some really good advice. And then in the last 10 years, I met Alan Mulally through Jim Farley at, when Farley was working for Alan at Ford. And he's become a mentor. And and. We don't talk a lot, but we trade emails or we'll talk on the phone maybe half a dozen times a year. And um, he's uh, he's been a huge inspiration to me. And so, you know, basically, you know, the guy that rose up to become the, the CEO of Boeing yeah. commercial and then he left uh, he left aviation and, and went and became the very famous CEO at Ford at a, at a, at a pivotal time in their history going through the, the downturn back in 2008, 2009. So. Mm-hmm. He's been great, but there's, I mean, I, I just made, you know, when I go to car week or go to, go to SEMA, go to these big of car events, you know, anymore to see the people that I know. So it's really, it's, it's just cool to see different folks. Even uh, I'll, I'll give another shout out to a guy that uh, we get along really nicely and he gave me some really nice advice. Horatio Pagani, when we unveiled mm-hmm. our first, our first Venom F5 at car week, three years ago. Car number one is owned by a guy that owns seven or eight Paganis. And so Horatio came by to see his car and spent 20 minutes with us and gave me some really, really sage advice as far as, you know, getting into the hypercar market. And, and so I followed what he's told us and I think it's helped us. So again, that's, uh, you know, and I'm looking, so we started a school to teach people how to modify cars about 15 years ago called Tuner School. Mm-hmm. And so again, I've had people that have helped me along the way. Now we try to help younger people that are trying to get into the hobby and start a career in it. So, you know, it's really kind of now my responsibility to kind of pay that forward, you know, whenever or wherever, whenever and however I can. So we've had a lot of generous folks from Malali to Pete Brock to, you know, Ruth and Callaway and others along the, along the way that, you know, have really given me an opportunity to not just to create a business and, you know, raise a family and, and feed my family over the last 32 years. But now I've got, 100 plus employees and I've got students, I've got 75, 80 students from Tuner School coming through there every year. So it's it's just kind of neat to see how the how the hobby uh, continues to expand. Oh, another great name. I don't know if you've had him on your show, Bruce Meyer from of course. Uh, California, the Peterson Museum and all all things automotive collection. Bruce has been a, a, a wonderful friend and introduced me to so many people and so many great opportunities. I can't say nothing great things about um, Bruce Meyer. So anyway, uh, I could probably go on and on, but those are those are those are a few names that come to mind quickly. Yeah, Bruce, the quintessential car guy for sure. But the really rest, is, the rest of sure. all these people are just a powerful lineup of mentors. So wow, uh, no wonder yeah. success has come along. Now, without great success, doesn't come great challenge. And I always ask a guest: sure. Is there one big challenge that you faced that was a real pain? But when you look back, you're kind of happy you had to go through it because it taught you a really valuable lesson. 
You know, I, I mean, there's always lots of challenges. I would say, like, we get the question, I get the question on Venom F5, what was one of the biggest challenges? When, I, when that car was just an idea back in, like, 10 years ago, 2013, 2014, we didn't really, we didn't have the budget or the make the decision to move forward designing the car until early 2017. But man, I'm, for that first three or four years, and I would, getting people to believe in what we were doing. And I would tell people mm. or a customer or an employee or a banker or whoever, I'm like, yeah, I've got this idea for this car that I want to build. They're like, you want to do what? You want to build a car from scratch? You know yeah. I mean, they knew that we modified cars and we built a car before the F5 called the Venom GT, which is based off of a Lotus chassis. So we didn't start with our own chassis. We, we had the Lotus chassis and a few bits from that thing. So we learned a lot from that. But after that experience, I thought, I want to really build my own car from scratch with its own chassis and its own everything. Yep. And, um, and so just, you know, I think just, um, I was able to get people to believe in the program and customers to believe in it because I believed in it. Um, so I think that was, that was a huge challenge. Um, you know, I think it just in, in the 32 years and seeing, you know, ups and downs in the markets, you know, it's, it, I think the other big revelations, it's not all about me. I, I, you know, there's only so many things I can do. I've had to build a team and thankfully we got a hundred plus people out in Sealy, Texas right now. I was just out there where they're come to, de- come to work every day to build great, build great cars and trucks for our clients. And I think at the end of the day, they, 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 maybe they do it for a paycheck, but I think they do it more for the camaraderie that they have with their coworkers. They do right. it for each other. Uh, they, they have a lot of pride in the brand and, and the product. And so, uh, and, and it took me a long time to build that team. And I've got a great, some really talented people and a great executive team. So, you know, again, that's, you know, in years past, 20 years ago, I was, you know, kind of a, a one man band and trying to sell it and coordinating parts and work with the people in the shop. But, but ultimately, uh, one man band is only going to go so far. I had to have a, I had to have a full an repertoire orchestra. of <laughs> yeah. an orchestra and we have a very, we have a very good orchestra now. So we're very thankful. Bravo. For that. That's not yeah. an easy thing to do, yeah. but it's really, really important. Yeah. You know, when you look back at all the vehicles that you've had and or created, now this is a hard one. This is like asking who's your favorite kid, which yeah, sure. I'm going to ask it a di- different way. What is one really special vehicle that stands out for you? Yeah. Like you said, our kids, they're all, they're all special in their <laughs> own way. They're all different. They're all fun. They're all unique. You know, back in the, back in the nineties, when we were modifying Vipers, we had some really crazy fast Vipers. There was a Viper that I built. It was a, we called it the Venom 650R. So 650 horsepower, which back in the mid to late nineties was a lot of power. C-Band Tune, my buddy who was at Motor Trend called me up one day and he said, Hey, we're looking for a cover story. And we're looking for something that'll break 200 miles an hour. I said, well, I've got this new iteration of the Viper that we modified Viper that we call the Venom 650R. And he said, well, hey, can you bring one out to the to the Honda Proving Grounds out in Mojave, out in the Mojave Desert? So we go out to California City and they've got this. It's not even a oval. It's like an octagon. There's like eight one-mile straightaways. They're all connected. And so, again, I'm, I'm, the, I'm, the, I'm, the, you know, I'm the one-man band back then. And so... I'm the guy driving the car. I really should have had a pro in the car, but I'm like, okay, I, I can get the car around the truck. But I nobody, I'd never driven around an octagon before, so I get on the track. Yeah, that sounds odd. And so, and so this is kind of pre-GPS. So they've got a stalker radar gun, and so they're like, okay, here's your straightaway. And so I go out and I do like a warm-up lap, and I'm like, okay, if I'm going to hit 200 at the end of that straightaway, I need to hit the speed 
and still have enough room to lift off the gas to negotiate the next turn. Like no kidding. A kink. Yeah. Yeah. Then, I, then I'm going to have to go through it somewhere between 190 and 200 miles an hour. Ooh. So I come off the last, I come off the last turn at probably like a buck 70 or a buck 75. And I'm accelerating. And I see the guys down there. They got the radar gun. And, and I, as soon as I pass them, I lift it off the throttle to just to get some way back over the front tires and, and negotiate the turn. And I made it. But I guess I, I tell that story to say that, uh, you know, I, sur- I survived that. But, <laughs> the octagon. Uh, I, 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 yeah, yeah, the octagon, exactly. It's, that used, Honda used to own, I think Hyundai owns the property now, and I'm sure it's still there. But uh, that, was kind of a, that was kind of a scary moment in that, you know, I end up, uh, I end up in the ditch and something bad happens. And, you know, yeah. I'm not sure what would have happened to the business back then. But uh, I, 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 li- I live to survive. And, uh, again, I've done other other kind of hairy things like that with cars but uh that car was on the cover of the magazine and nice feature article and uh we built and modified a lot of vipers back in those days so it's really good for business but you know it's all risk versus reward and in my earliest days i was i took a, i took a lot of risk i guess it paid off for me i'm still alive but you're uh, still here yeah <laughs> going forward i have to be a little bit more careful i've got a lot of a lot of people that depend on me you so do. yeah got to be wise that's right you yeah. do absolutely is you know we love books here is there a, a, a great book that perhaps you've uh, cracked open that you think others would enjoy reading you know a great question i'm 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 uh i'm adhd and dyslexic so i'm not a, not a book i read reader. a lot but i don't really i don't really read novels or books for fun but but there was so when after i met malali about 10 years ago uh, when he was still with ford there was a book that had just come out called american icon so it really it was kind of the story of of ford kind of before the turndown, and you know, they were able to avoid bankruptcy. So yeah. American Icon, so it was about Ford, but it was really kind of a cool story about how Bill Ford was able to identify Malali and really felt like he was the right guy to come in and lead their company at that time. So I, I'd highly recommend American Icon. Yeah, it's, good a, book. it's a great book. Now, I understand yeah. from uh, my good friend who got us together today, Michael Harley. Uh, nice hire, yeah. by the way. You scored a good one there. Thank you. Yeah, he's super. Absolutely. He's incredible. You guys are going to be all over the place during Car Week coming up here. The Quail, obviously, is the Friday before the Pebble Beach on Sunday. Correct. Uh, there's all these uh-huh. events, but can you walk through, I mean, all the different places you're going to be? I think you've uh, overloaded your dance card here. Yeah. I mean, we just, yeah, our dance card is pretty full. Well, typically we'll come, or we'll bring our family out. We rent a house. And for the first couple of days, Monday, Tuesday, we just kind of chill and just mm-hmm. hang out and have fun for a couple of days. Uh, Wednesday, they have the, uh, they have, it's now called Motor Lux, but you see the McCall's Motor, Motor Works Revival at the Jet Center at the Monterey Airport. That's Wednesday night. We'll be there. We're not displaying anything, but I think we'll just be there to say hi to folks that we know and hang out with customers. Thursday, uh, we have a cocktail party for customers. Friday, we're at Quail. Saturday, we're doing a rally with our customers. We'll have about 11 or 12 Venom F5s out in the Monterey area. And then if people want to see our cars, we're going to be rolling through the uh, Exotics on Broadway show, which I believe is in Seaside, and that's on Saturday afternoon, so probably early Saturday afternoon. They'll have forty or 50,000 people yeah. that will show up at that event, and that's, again, that's an event where people, families, fathers and sons, kids can show up for free. You don't have to spend five or 600 bucks to get a ticket to Pebble Beach, and the tickets to Quail are sold out and almost impossible to get, so, um, and then we'll be at, then we'll be, we'll have We'll have the, the car that we're unveiling at Quail. We'll have it on display on the concept green at uh, in front of the lodge oh, at cool. Pebble on Sunday. But yeah, it's like it's it's a track meet. I mean, it's that 
it's a lot of fun, but it's exhausting at the same time. But it's a, it's just a, a wonderful opportunity to get together with other like-minded, you know, car enthusiasts, petrol heads uh, from around the country and around the world. And we're really looking forward to it. It's going to be fun for sure. Well, before I let you go today, could you share maybe some parting words of wisdom or advice, a success quote or a mantra that perhaps has played into your success in building your brand? Oh, gosh, there's all kinds of uh, all kinds of things and cliches I could come up with. But, you know, I think where, where all this started was I just had a passion for something and I didn't I didn't let what I didn't know. I didn't let the resources I didn't have. I didn't let the money that I didn't have. I didn't have the connections that I didn't have. I didn't, didn't let any of that slow me down or stop me. I just pursued it. And as time went on, we made money. And as time went on, you know, we made uh, friendships, relationships, connections within the industry. And, and so I just would encourage uh, listeners, whether they want to pursue a career in automotive or in music or in some other form or fashion. Again, uh, you know, the old saying is, you know, if, you, if you're able to make your uh, job the thing that you love to do, you never work a day in your life. And so I've been very blessed to be a guy that's, and I've worked hard and I work a lot, but I don't really... I wouldn't really say that I've really worked a day in my life. Not like I'm going out to, you know, dig a ditch somewhere or pour concrete somewhere. I mean, guys out there have, you know, doing, doing real work. And again, I'm being able to pursue uh, my passion for automotive and speed and, and kind of making it my art form for the last 32 years. And we're excited, but we got, we got, you know, I don't know if I'll be around 32 years from now, but we, but the company will definitely be around and have 32 more years of, of exciting innovations and products, whether the market you know, I think the jury's still out on electrification, but for right now and for the foreseeable future, our clients are all telling us they want internal combustion. So that's what we're going to keep doing. And if at some point they decide they want to want to pivot to a different direction, we'll certainly be listening for that. But in the meantime, uh, you can you can uh, you'll still see and hear a lot of powerful internal combustion uh, cars and trucks coming from Hen- the team of Hennessy and Sealy Tech. Well, I'm glad you touched on that because that was going to be one of my last questions was, well, are we going electric? But I love the way you answered that. I want to thank you for uh, providing the passion and the power and the, the fun that you've done there. And I know for your business, there's a couple places people can go to learn about you. One is HennessySpecialVehicles.com. The other, HennessyPerformance.com. I'll put links to those. You can find all their social media posts. And of course, you got to go to Instagram to see that uh, little secret card that we're going to be seeing on the lawn. Right. Very cool. Yeah. And and again, a big shout out to Michael for putting us together today. He's great. John, thanks for taking a little pit stop here before a very busy time during car week. Congratulations on what you've done. And thank you again for uh, instilling the passion that you have in all of us that love powerful and performance cars. Until you and I talk again, my friend, I'll see you on the grass at the Quail, a motorsports gathering. Thanks, Mark. See you soon. There you go. Perfect. Did you know that Cars Yeah! is in the top 1% of all podcasts based on listenership, according to Lipson, the premier RSS feed for podcasts in the United States? That's right. Plus, DuPont Registry recommended Cars Yeah! is one of their top 10 car podcasts for you to enjoy. Cars Yeah! has experienced tremendous growth, plus your ads are evergreen, meaning they never go away. And more and more listeners find Cars Yeah! every day for their daily dose of automotive inspiration. Do you want to expose your brand to a highly targeted list of automotive enthusiasts in a very unique 
in very personal way? Well, I can help you. Contact me, Mark Green, at mark at carsyeah.com or through the website at carsyeah.com today to learn more. Cars yeah is proud to support our veterans, which is why I've teamed up with our nonprofit partner, Tech Force Foundation, through its Veterans at Work Military Transition Campaign. The tech shortage is very real, and our country needs skilled, qualified techs to keep our cars, trucks, airplanes, and fleets rolling. When so many vets build their skills in maintaining and servicing vehicles when deployed, TechForce helps transition those skills to jobs as professional technicians when they come home. Learn more about TechForce Foundation and its Veterans at Work Military Transition Fund at techforce.org today. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah! Yeah!